Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. If you have your Bible today, uh, I would be so honored if you would grab it and turn to the book of Genesis. Genesis. If you're brand new to Oceans Church every week, we open up the Bible. I know some of you don't like church. You're like, church is boring. Well, there's some boring churches, but that's all right. It takes all types of churches to reach all types of people. Some people are boring. Amen. So if you get bored today, you're a boring person because I'm not a boring preacher. Can I get an amen? You fall asleep today, you probably have narcolepsy. We're going to have a good time. You believe it? Say amen. You don't have a sense of humor. You're not going to like this church. We have a good time here. We believe that God has a sense of humor. The Bible says he laughs at his enemies. That's a good sense of humor. I enjoy comedy. I've never really laughed at my enemies, though. So God does have a good sense of humor. If you have your Bible, I'm going to go to Genesis chapter 26. You can put another finger in Ezekiel 47. We're going Old Testament today. Say, "Uh uh-oh. It'll be good, though. Still, I'm going to preach it through the lens of grace. Amen? But I'm going to go to Exodus, uh, Ezekiel 47, and I'm going to go to Genesis. If you don't know where Genesis is at, we're going to have a short time of prayer at the end of the service. I'm always relieved when preachers tell you to go to a book that you know where it's at. When I was in youth camp growing up, trying to impress that cute girl next to me, pastor's like, I want you to turn to the book of Malachi. And you're like, ah. <laughs> Who's ever done the, the little flip of shame? You're like, please, Lord, please, Lord, please, Lord, please, Lord. Let's try it again. Please, Lord, please, Lord. Genesis, praise the Lord. Chapter 26. And uh, I want to just thank you guys for being so hungry for God. We talked about the first week that revival is really when people, not just their eyes and their brain and their ears, but when their spirit comes alive. The Bible talks about people that don't believe in God. The eyes of their understanding are still darkened and there's still a veil. The Bible talks about a veil that blocks people because of the the lack of belief. I I know we live in a very educated region. But I want to remind you today that it's not people explaining the Bible that leads to great exploits. I don't read in the Bible it says all things are possible to those that explain things well. The Bible says all things are possible to him who believes. Say with me, come on, believe. I don't know why, but God is into those that believe in him. And I'm about, I love explaining the Bible, but I'll tell you more than being explained, the Bible is to be believed. That's good all by itself right there. Say with me, believe. I want to read the Bible today, and we talked about the first week, getting up. Revival is about God getting us up. We talked about how revival is when God causes us to begin to stand up. Remember that message about Acts 28, shaking off the snakes? Come on, standing. We talked about not only that, we talked about moving up. I I spent 45 minutes uh, destroying U-Haul. If you were here for that, God bless you. And then we talked about not only moving up, we talked last week about listening up. Did anybody make an appointment with Jesus this week? Four people? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm resigning this week, okay? Hopefully more than four people spend some time with Jesus. Um, but I do believe uh, he's going to speak to everyone today that wants to hear him. God is a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on anybody. So he's like, I don't, God's not going to do anything in me today. Well, you'll get according to your belief. But I dare you to crack the door of your heart. I dare you to be so bold, even if you're an atheist today. I know you're here. We love that you're here. We're glad that you're here. We love agnostics. We love atheists. We love burnt-out Pharisees. Come on. We love all of you. 
But all I'd ask you today to do is actually to say, God, if you are real, if you do care, if you do love me, would you show me today? If you crack the door, I don't care if you're watching on your couch, you're watching one of those yellow chairs or blue chairs, you're under a tent, or you're watching from our lobby inside the air conditioning. God bless you. I tell you this, that we are a church that I believe God meets with his people when we have a hungry heart. Can I get an amen? If I can't get a Pentecostal amen, I'll take a Baptist head nod. You can be Presbyterian eyebrow race, a Latter-day Saint deep breath. Come on, give me an amen, something. Tough crowd. Sitting there looking like the cover girl for the book of Lamentations. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Let's get our Bibles out. Genesis chapter 26. I'm going to read out of 26. Uh, my goal today is I want to read, uh, I'll read a, a little bit here. I'm going to read uh, 12 verses. You guys ready? Verse 12, actually le less than 12 verses. I'll read 10 verses. It says this. This is the story of Isaac. And uh, let me just preface this by saying I'm not going to preach just an intellectual message today. I, I really believe this is a prophetic message for California. We are in a severe spiritual drought. There are some pockets that God is moving powerfully in, but I believe the reason why our state is where it's at is because we've had about a 20, 30-year drought, really since the Jesus People movement, that we haven't had a widespread well that has overflowed throughout the region. There's been pockets of bubbles, but there hasn't been a widespread revival, really since the Jesus People movement. And so today, I want, to, uh, I want to talk to you today, talked about standing up, giving up, listening up. Today, I want you to talk, I want you to write this title down, Dig, Dig Up, Dig Up. <laughs> I was going to say something more profound, I'm like, no, let's leave it, Dig Up. <laughs> dig Up, D-I-G Up, come on, everyone said amen to that? This is a story about a famine. Isaac is in a severe famine. Here's the good news about God, though. We read in verse 12 that even in a severe famine, God blessed Isaac. Let's read this. It says this, Then Isaac sowed in the famine in that land, and he reaped that same year a hundredfold. Who says amen to that word? He reaped a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him. And the man began to prosper. He continued to prosper until he became very prosperous. It's a lot of prospering. For he had possessions and flocks and possessions and herds and a great number of servants. And so the Philistines envied him. Say it with me, envied him. They envied him so much that the Philistines clogged the wells. They shut up the wells with, with, uh, that the father's servants had dug up in the days of Abraham, his father. They filled the wells with dirt, with earth. And uh, Abimelech said to Isaac, get away from us. You are too mighty for us. You're way mightier than us. Then Isaac departed from there, pitched his tents in Gerar, and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again. Who dug? Isaac dug again. I love this. It says that his servant didn't dig here. He says he dug. Isaac, a wealthy, a prosperous, this guy lived in Laguna Beach. Pulled out his own shovel. He, he, said, he said to his servant, said to his house cleaner, said to his chef, no, no, I got this. Give me the shovel. Isaac dug again. And it says this. He dug again the wells which his father Abraham had dug. For the Philistines had shut the wells up after, say with me, after. Very important. They didn't do it in Abraham's lifetime. The enemy sometimes knows certain generations are never going to bow. 
So he'll wait till some gray hairs die and say, look, the grand, grandma and grandpa knew Jesus, mom and dad knew Jesus, but man, there's a new generation that does not know God. And I'm telling you, if each generation doesn't get a hold of Jesus, the next generation will lose it. So it says the enemy waited until Abraham died. And they clogged, they shut up the wells. He called the wells by the names of his father. He called the wells the, na- the same names that Abraham called the wells. Isaac's servants also began to dig in that valley, and they found a well of running water. And there the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. So he called the name of the well Isaac, but because there was a quarrel there over it. And they dug another well. They got, they got in a fight over that one as well. So they called the name of it Sitna. Say it with me, Sitna. I want to pray today. I want to talk to you guys on the subject title matter, uh, dig up, dig up. Look at your name and say, dig up, dig up. All right, let's pray today. God, I just thank you for the privilege being at my favorite church in the whole world. I ask you, Lord, even as you showed up mightily first service, I pray that you would come in these tents like a cool breeze. I pray that you would water every dry soul. I pray everyone in this tent today that Lord is spiritually dehydrated. I pray for everyone that hasn't had a fresh taste of your water in a long time. I pray that today, like John chapter 4, you would give us some water that would cause us to never thirst again. We love you today. Dig a well inside of this church, we pray. In Jesus' name, bless the Lakers with Westbrook. In Jesus' name, God's people said amen. I mean, I saw that. I, uh... I'll be honest, man, I, I'm not a big heat guy. I'm not a big desert. I'm, I grew up in the high desert. I grew up in the Antelope Valley, which is, uh, I'm one of the few survivors that have made it out. And uh, I've been to Vegas in August and July. They call it Sin City. It's the same temperature as hell. You go to Palm Springs in July, dear Lord. It's, it's so hot, you can hear the heat. You go outside, you can hear the fire crackling. It's like, I had friends who are like, no, it's not very bad, it's dry heat. It's, not, it's, not, it's, it's nothing. I'm like, no, it's, it's something. You live somewhere that you got to bring your animals inside? It's like, what are we doing outside? If I lived in Palm Springs, I would be repenting all summer long. I'm like, God is angry with us. <laughs> Sorry if you live in Palm Springs. Um, I'm not a big summer guy. It's just, you get so hot sometimes. It's just, it, it, I don't know. I've been, I did some yard work this week, and my, my respect level for people that do physical labor outside, landscaping outside, especially if you do landscaping in Cota de Casa. Can we get an amen? God bless you. My friend Mike is a machine. He's the best landscaper in the game. But we were talking this week, and I was, I was pruning some of the trees in my yard, and we dug a little hole for one, a, couple, a couple plants. And I just thought to myself, man, there is nothing worse than being hot and having nothing to drink. I don't know. It's bad enough to sweat. It's terrible, though, when you're sweating and you forget your water. I went on a mountain bike ride uh, about a year ago. That's, that's back when I used to ride mountain bikes. <laughs> gave up. I'm just kidding. Uh, I forgot my, my water jug, and I'm like, I can do this little short ride. It was like a hundred in hell outside, and I went on this ride. I'm just getting so dehydrated. You ever get your mouth? You're just like, 
I, I went to, I remember going to Dallas one year. And my first year in Dallas, it was 115 degrees, 140% humidity. And the guys at the conference were like, hey, Mark, you ever been Frisbee golfing? I'm like, I was so naive, so young, so dumb. I'm like, no. You want to go tomorrow? I'm like, yeah. Worst decision of my life. Just so hot. Like the South is so hot. They talk about summer like, like an ex-girlfriend. Like, we got to get out of here before summer comes back. <laughs> we, I'm not going outside until summer's gone. <laughs> Scary, man. Scary. There's nothing worse than being thirsty when it's hot. The story picks up with Isaac in the middle of a desert, in the middle of a famine. And listen to me. Water was not a luxury. It was a necessity. Water was not a luxury it was not a a want it was a necessity it was a need it was essential and back in the bible days whoever controlled the water controlled the region water was a sense water was the source of authority in bible days abraham was a very wealthy man because abraham had a cunning knack to discover water many of the wells that isaac discovered were wells that his father abraham dug if you had a well, you could have crops. If you could have crops, you could have herds. If you could have herds, you could have servants. If you could have servants, you could have an army. And he who had an army controlled the region. I'll tell you today that we live in a very, very uh, similar world that we have no idea that, that today, like Bible days, the water is all important. The flow of water in regions is all important. If you go to the Middle East, you go to Dubai, they have beautiful structures and buildings because they have oil reserves under the ground. But I will tell you that the oil creates such an affluence that they begin to build beautiful things above the ground because of what resides under the ground. I believe that today a city is, is actually built by the spiritual climate of the water wells that are dug underneath the ground. I actually believe that you go to prosperous cities, cities that aren't just rich monetarily, cities that have a revival atmosphere that people know God. It's hard to not believe in Jesus when you live in Orange County. It's hard to not believe in Jesus when you live in Boise, Idaho. It's difficult to be an atheist when you live in climates that are surrounded by believers. What, what changes atmospheres of cities? I am convinced that the kingdom of God is established and built by local churches that know how to dig wells. Wells, wells, wells. Water, water is dug. Spiritual waters are dug. He, he told a woman that was married five times in relationship number six, he goes, you know what you need to do is you got to know the power of what's in the well. Wells, wells, wells were, were big deals in the Bible. The Bible says that the godless are like wells without water. But I'll tell you one of the greatest things in life is when you get into an atmosphere that you sense the river of God flowing. Some of you, you're like, Mark, I've heard great preachers, man, but you can go to a great message, you can hear a great sermon, and you can leave the same way. Because messages motivate, but it's the river of God that changes. I am convinced... I am persuaded there is something about the rivers of God's flow, the rivers of the Holy Spirit flowing in a church that begins to change the landscape of a region. 
I'm grateful. We stand on the shoulders of great men like Rick Warren. We stand on the shoulders of great men like Kenton Beeshore that learned how to dig a well. Orange County has more people that believe in God than most counties in California. Why? Is it happenstance that the two biggest churches in the state of California were in Orange County in the 80s and the 90s? Many of your families, if I just show hands, how many of you have been impacted by a Saddleback Church, by a Mariner's Church? Raise your hands. By a Rock Harbor Church. Raise your hands. Look how crazy it is that there's been churches that have dug wells that have changed families. Our church is perfect? No. Men of God? No, we're flawed. But I am persuaded that the heart of God is for men and women of God to actually value and prioritize the power of digging wells. Wells. What, what do you know about wells? I know this, that the enemy only clogs wells when he gets jealous of God's flow. I actually believe, this is, you ever thought about this? Why do we all know that California is such a blessed state? Why do we all know, we heard the statistics, that if California was its own nation, we'd be like the wealthiest nation in the galaxy. We have so much affluence. We have so many powerful people. We have so many resources that the movies we make change the world. The technology we design changes the world. The pornography industry that's, that's from here goes around the world. That everything that seems to be produced here flows to the nations of the earth could it be that when the jesus people movement happened when before that azusa street that the revival of pentecost would shake the earth revivals would break out in wells revivals would break out in the in europe what revivals would break out the great awakening so much of the earth was shifted and shaken by what happened here and could it be that god god knows there's an anointing and authority in orange county in Southern California, to produce things that go everywhere. And could it be that the enemy, like the Philistines of old, the devil assigns demons, darkness, and devils to go, you know what we're going to do? We're tired of the prosperity of California. Let's put mud in its wells. Let's bury the ancient flows of the power of the Spirit of God. Let's get people that, look, I'm fine with people believing in God, the devil would say, but I don't want those people to really have a vibrant flow of God in their lives. Jesus told the woman at the, uh, with, uh, at the well that out of your belly will flow rivers, rivers, out of your belly. What? Rivers, plural. Why rivers? Because the Holy Spirit's in you like a river, not like a lake. He's in you. He flows like a river. He's not stagnant like a lake. The Spirit of God is in you, and He wants out. He wants out of you. I believe that God uses local churches like wells to actually dig and redig what was in regions previously. I'm telling you, man, you, you can just sense it, Orange County. You come into this atmosphere, it's not like L.A., it's not like San Diego, it's certainly not like San Francisco or the Bay Area. There is something in the soil here. And even though some of the waters have been muddy, because that's what happens. The Bible says that the Philistines were so jealous of the flow of Abraham's wells that when Abraham died, let me pause for a minute, they had to wait until he died. Because some generations go, look, on my watch, we're not turning to anybody but Jesus. Where are the older generation? Where is the grandmas and the grandpas and the fathers and the mothers that go, look, our kids are not going to grow up in a county that doesn't love Jesus. 
I'm telling you today, we got to get back to this, this origins that, that I'm telling you, my grandma told me stories about services in church that the only person that could stand is the person that was preaching. Because everybody was floored by the presence of God. Told me stories about people getting out of wheelchairs, getting off, throwing their crutches to the ground and running around the church building. I grew up with stories about blind eyes opening up, deaf ears opening up. And I'm telling you that what my grandma and grandpa saw, my parents heard about, and if my parents don't continue to build those wells, what happens? That by my generation, we start losing it. And then I have my two little girls. And if we don't get the mud out of the wells that our grandparents dug, our kids will get used to living off of muddied waters. Muddied waters. What's happening in California? We got, we're okay with muddy waters. California has some of the worst tap water in the nation. You ever drink L.A. County water? Don't do that. You'll grow extra limbs. It's crazy. I am convinced that water is what God, God's flow is like water. Ezekiel 47, I won't read all of it, but the first nine verses of chapter 47 says that there's a Christophany, that there's a man of God, and it says that he was in the temple. And from the temple, a water flowed. Water flowed from where? So there was the temple, which is God's house. Water represents the flow of God's presence. And it says the water flowed from the temple, and it actually watered the trees. And after it watered the trees, the trees represent leaders in the kingdom of God. It represents not fans of Jesus, but followers of Jesus. And when the water actually flowed to the trees, it said it actually went past the trees into the sea. It says it was ankle deep, it was knee deep, it was waist deep, and it got to a point that it was so deep they had to swim in it. Here's what we know, that when the water from the temple went through the trees and it, went, it washed out into the ocean, this was a, a crazy phenomenon. Normally, when fresh water meets the salt water, the salt water contaminates the fresh water. But what's very fascinating about Ezekiel 47 is, is that when the fresh water hits the sea, it actually purifies the salt water. And it says the fish, the fish begin to thrive. Chapter 47 actually says uh, in verse 9, I believe it is, if I could find it here, it says, it says that where the river flows, everything lives where the river flows. Every, check this out. Everything lives where the river of God flows. You show me where the presence of God is in a church, I'll show you marriages that get restored. I'll show you kids that are like, I hate God, I hate church, crying and coming up to pastors after service saying, pray for me. Why do things get restored? Because where the river of God's spirit is flowing, there is always life. Fish represent people, souls. Jesus said to Peter, James, and John, if you follow me, I'll make you fishers. So we see that the temple is where the flow starts. And when the temple begins to flow, when the church, Ephesians 2, which is the house of God, when the people of God pray in the house of God, they start removing the mud. They start getting the earth out of the wells. Here's the problem is, is God's looking for a church that knows how to pray. And most of us only pray when we're in trouble. And if you only pray when you're in trouble, you're in trouble. People think that prayer is like a defense mechanism. You know, prayer is not just a defense mechanism. Truth is, faith is a defense mechanism. How do you know? Because it says, it says in Ephesians that we pick up the shield of, not the shield of prayer, it's the shield of faith. 
Faith is what deflects when those fiery darts of, of suspicion and, and accusation and the fiery darts of the enemy's camp tries to destroy you and hurt you. It is faith that sustains you in your sickbed. It is faith. Bible says according to your, it's faith. But prayer, the highest level of prayer is not, it's not petitioning a, a harsh judge for justice. The highest level of prayer is not talking in a, a reluctant God, twisting his arm to do something that he does not want to do. Prayer at its highest level is enjoying your father's company. Man, I like being with you. Man, I like what you want to do. I think most people miss out because they don't realize that prayer has to start with you. Write this down, with you. What, what do you mean, Mark? It's very simple, but I'm telling you right now that, that digging a well always starts you first. I'm telling you that people of prayer have to lead by going first. What do you mean going first? I'm telling you that you won't be able to pray with your wife and with your kids until you learn how to call on God, spend time with God by yourself. I'll be honest, can I have an honest moment in church? There's times I'll pray with Rochelle or with my kids, and I'll be a little bit agitated, and usually the times I'm agitated, I'm like, they're not engaged enough, or they're not agreeing enough, or they're not whatever present enough. Usually, I'm frustrated because I haven't had a quality time with God before that moment. If I'm connected to God when I come into my family's prayer times, it's dynamic. If I wait to pray with my wife or with my kids before I spend time with God, it's not the same. Are you hearing me today? So I'm convinced if we're going to redig some wells, first thing we got to do is we got to say, God, would you please remove the earth? And guess what? They didn't just, the Philistines didn't just throw dirt in the wells. They threw dead carcasses. They actually put dead animals so they could contaminate the water. Some of you, the devil has put dead things in your well. Some of you, man, it's the dead relationship you were in. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the poisonous habits in your life that are contaminating the flow of God's well. And I believe the day if God would just, if you would let God start cleaning out your well. The Bible says that he has a bride that's without spot, that's without wrinkle, that he washes us according to his words. God wants to make your well clean. Can I get a good amen? People are dehydrated though. We live in a, we live in a state that has some of the greatest wells, I believe probably outside of Israel, some of the greatest wells on the earth are in our state. But what has the enemy done? He's buried it with dirt. He's buried it with dead things. People are entertained to death in our state. People are blessed to death in our state. People are living in mansions. There's nothing wrong with mansions. Nothing wrong with being blessed. But sometimes we honor our stuff more than we honor the God that gave it to us. And I'm telling you that whenever you give your best to anything other than God, it'll cause you to cave in on yourself. So what do you know about this, Mark? I know this, that we live in a dehydrated condition. Because if you're hot and you're not hydrated, you become dehydrated. That's powerful. Whoa, wow. This guy must be a rocket scientist on the, during the week. If you are sweating and you're hot and you're not hydrated, what happens? You get dehydrated. God told me this week, Mark, he said California is dehydrated spiritually. I'm okay. He said, look up dehydration. Ten symptoms of dehydration. Number one, you have bad breath. Did you know that? Well, that's interesting. I never knew that about being dehydrated. They said if your breath is bad, it's probably because you're dehydrated. Why? Because your saliva actually has uh, antibacterial properties. So a lot of the, 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 the smell in your mouth is caused by a lack of saliva. 
you're dehydrated. Some of you, you can tell, you go on social media that we have a society that's dehydrated because everything that comes out of their mouth stinks. Stinky opinions. You don't believe like me, I hate you. You're not getting vaccinated like me, I hate you. You're not not getting vaccinated, I hate you. Why are we hating everybody? Because you're spiritually dehydrated. What else happens when you're dehydrated? I'll tell you what happens. You get, you get uh, headaches. Headaches. Isn't it crazy that we live, in a, we live in a state that has more than most places on the earth and we have more mentally, more mentally ill? More depressed people? More medicated people? More suicidal people? Why in the world, if money and good looks fulfilled you, why in the world is Hollywood not Disneyland? If good looks and money made you happy, then I'm telling you, Hollywood, Orange County would be the happiest place in the world. But here's what we know, is that you can have everything on the outside, but if God isn't on the inside, you could be dehydrated. What do you know? Dehydrated people get fatigued. You ever hear people say this? I'm so tired. So worn out. I have found that even churches get worn out if they don't spend time in God's river. One of the most important things we do as a church every Tuesday, every Thursday, is our staff our pastors is we're in there with anyone that shows up. We're here on Thursdays. We're at our San Juan campus on Tuesdays. I dare you to come 10 to 1130 in the morning and come pray. Churches that pray have power. You ever go to a church like, when's this thing going to be over? And it's like a 20 minute service. You're like, this thing is so long. There's no flow. There's no river. You ever go to a church that's two hours long? Come on, every week. And you're like, that went by fast. It's the river. I don't know why. I'm just like kind of emotional in this service. Like the aura and the vibes and the energy. <laughs> I love the vocabulary non-church people use. It's just like the vibes are just so positive. It's the presence of Jesus. It's the spirit of God. Spirit of God. Yeah, yeah. I feel joy. I feel peace. It's the river. People have problems in your marriage, get them in a prayer meeting. Kids are struggling, drag them to prayer. All of a sudden, they're in the river. The water's flowing. Bubble, 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 bubble. Can't say that fast. What happens when the water shows up? People get hydrated. All of a sudden, their breath stops stinking. All of a sudden, their mental health goes away. Their phones get slain in the spirit. All of a sudden, you know what dehydrated people have? This is crazy. Dehydrated. One of the symptoms of being dehydrated is, is it says this. Doctors. Come on, Dr. Google. Said this. There's a lack of tears. How do you know when you're dehydrated? A lack of tears. One of my, one of the guys, Leonard Ravenhill's probably, you love him or hate him, that guy was on fire. Leonard Ravenhill said this. He says, where there is an absence of preachers that cry, there will be an absence of revival in churches. He says, it is tears in prayer that creates fire in services. What happens in churches, though? We got, we got playboys and pulpits, but we don't have prophets anymore. And I am convinced that many prophets are not prophets because they'd rather, they'd rather be popular than be prophetic. I don't want to sacrifice the prophetic on the altars of popularity. We have to value flow.
Spirit of God. Lack of tears. Lack of elasticity. You can pinch yourself when you're dehydrated and your skin sticks. You become, say it this way, rigid. You ever met someone that overreacted? You're like, whoa. You're, all of a sudden, you're a maniac. You're insane. And all I did was I didn't accelerate when the light turned green in the first millisecond. What's going on with you, buddy? True story, Micah, I dropped you off the other day at your apartment's complex. Can we all pray for Micah's apartment complex? I dropped them off there. I literally, I stopped at a stop sign, apparently not good enough. And this young guy, he held the horn with one hand. I was actually pretty impressed. One hand, he, he drove straight on the horn, while the other hand was missing four fingers that were up. And Mike and I are looking at this guy. I'm like, this guy was ready to fight me because I didn't stop good enough. And I was like, bro, you're dehydrated. Is someone not using their blinker is worthy for you to get out of your car and to bleed because you're that easily, you're that rigid. Friend, you're dehydrated. If you can flip people off in the church parking lot, you are spiritually, it happens, dehydrated. I need you to drink some water today. Elasticity comes back. Your body overheats. Your muscles cramp. You have spasms. You get constipated. I won't go into that. Urine turns ultra yellow. Your coloring is off. It's crazy that you get lightheaded and dizzy. How about that? We live in a generation that's so confused. What do I do? What do I, what do I do? What do I do? Where do I go? What do I do? You're lightheaded and dizzy. You know why? You're dehydrated. There is a city whose streams make glad. There is a river that does not run dry. There is people that are spiritually dehydrated that are one conversation with Jesus away from drinking some living waters. I'm telling you that Ocean's Church is going to see a spring in the desert. There's going to be people that fly in from all over the world to drink the water that this, this church has dug. We're going to be a digging church. We're going to redig some wells. You believe it? Give them a real hand clap today. Let's dig some wells. Where are the diggers? Where are the people that souls are so thirsty for God that we're willing to start praying again? Come on, not just when I'm in trouble, but even when I'm happy. God, I love you. And I'll tell you, number one, it starts with you. Number two, it starts with your crew. I wrote crew. What's your crew? It's your family. Your homework this week, men, is before you give sleep to your eyes and slumber to your eyelids. You get your wife if you can. You get your babies if you can. And you get them all on your California king-size bed. Come on. You say, everybody, come on. Powwow mom and dad's room. And you get them on the bed. That was probably the best habit we forged in COVID. We were stuck at home. Stuck at home for, I don't know what it was, a year. Felt like two decades. <laughs> I had some funny COVID jokes. They were all inside jokes, though, so I won't, leave, I won't share those. Um, but listen. <laughs> when I... Couldn't resist. One of the greatest habits that we established with Kenzie, Chloe, come in here. We're going to dig a well. And I prayed with my babies. Listen to me. Abraham died, and that's when they clogged the wells. 
I'm, I'm wondering, can we be a church that digs not only for us, but for future generations? Listen, you're not giving to a building program. We're giving to dig wells. It's not about buildings and budgets and broken people. It's about the water. It's about water rights. In Orange County right now, we are building, we're building buildings and we're going to do things. We're going we're gonna to take land because there's, there's a battle right now over the spiritual flow of water in our county. And I'm telling you, if people don't drink of God's water, they will be dehydrated and they will kill themselves and their marriages will implode and things will fall apart because I'm telling you, gold and glory without God only makes wealthier, greedier devils. And we will not be a church that settles for being prayerless. Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. We're going to pray for our crews. I dare you to pray for your, pray with your family every night. Men, I'm telling you, pray with your wives. I know that women naturally are, are more spiritually minded than we are, but it is good for you to go, babe, let's pray together. Even if it's five minutes before you go to sleep. Hey, before we go to bed, Lord, what do you pray about? Pray about your week. I got a big meeting tomorrow. I got a big deal on Tuesday. I have a big, man, I have a big budget review. I have this big, big project going on. I have a really important meeting with my dad or with my mom. How about on Sunday nights, starting this week? Come on, here's a homework assignment for you. We're going to pray with our crew on Sunday nights. I'll be, I, don't, I, don't, I don't pray every single day with the whole family. I'm trying my best every day, sometimes every other day. But it's so cool. Every Sunday night, Rochelle and I, we not only pray with our girls, we pray through our entire week. So we'll go, hey, Wednesday I'm meeting with this guy. Thursday you're meeting with that group of girls. Friday we have this project going on. It's so good when you pray with your crew. Say with me, dig. There is a flow of God's anointing. What does it say in Ezekiel 47, 9? It says where the river flows, life grows. You want momentum in your business? I dare you to invite some of your colleagues to go, hey, you don't have to. But I'm going to start showing up 30 minutes early, 15 minutes early, and we're going to pray for some new clients. We're going to start praying for our company. We're going to start prayer walking our neighborhoods. I had a vision of this. So check this out. Pray with your crew. That would be your family, your coworkers, and that would be your small groups. I want to challenge everybody that's in our small groups. The greatest thing you can do at your small group, apart from eat too much and hug some people, Best thing you can do at small groups is literally at the end of the, at the, end of the groups, look around the room and say, hey, Malachi, Dre, can I be praying for you? Anything? How, can I, how can I be praying for you guys? Hey, uh, Joel, how can I be praying for you guys? Hey, hey uh, Rebecca, how can I be praying for you guys? Hey, uh, uh, Gaston, how can I be praying for you guys? There's something so profound. When you look around the room, say, Brad, and I'd love to pray for you. How can I be praying for you guys this week? And here's what shocks people. When you don't do the Christianese thing, you're like, oh, I'll be, I'll be praying for you. Let's be honest, you weren't. I'll be praying for this week. <laughs> Maybe I forgot. Best thing to do when you say you're going to pray for someone is to go, let's pray right now. I pray right now for the Parton family. I pray that this would be a week of answered prayers. I pray that their son and their daughter would encounter you in fresh ways. I pray that you would fill their kids up with so much of the Holy Spirit that it would, it would make mom and dad so proud. I pray that, God, you would give them godly spouses. I pray there would be no confusion with their vocation. I pray that, Brad, I pray the whole family, the blessing of God that makes rich and adds no sorrow. What do you do? You, you pray. So I dare you to pray. You pray because we go first. We pray for our crews. How about this? We pray, number three, 
we pray for our, we pray for our, it's a C word, crowd, there it is, let's say community, but crowd. You know, I, I had this vision, I said, God, I would love it. He said, ask me, Psalms chapter 2 says, ask me and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance. I said, Lord, I'm asking you for a thousand people that would call on you on a consistent basis. I saw a thousand people praying, watch this, I saw a thousand of us at Ocean's Church walking our neighborhoods every week, prayer walking. I saw us walking in Rancho Mission Viejo, Laguna Beach, Ladera Ranch. I saw us walking neighborhoods and going, God, I pray for 2432. I pray for 2632. I pray for 2841. I pray for this house, this house, that house. I pray you'd revive them. I pray you would show them, give them dreams, give them visions. God, if I can, use me. If not me, use somebody else. What if there's people in heaven that maybe you never even met, but you prayed for their house? That's, that, that's, that's just, that's fantasy. This, we'll call it fantasy or coincidence, but here's what I know. I moved into Incensia three years ago, and there was no one that was going to our church in that neighborhood. And my, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law said, you guys need to start doing because no one goes to your church yet? It's like, thanks, thanks for the reminder. <laughs> you need to start walking through your neighborhood and praying for your neighborhood. You pray that God would start softening people's hearts to him. Pray that God would start leading people to Ocean's Church and to other churches. So we started doing it. We're starting to start a prayer walk. And every time we drove it in the neighborhood, we said, God, this church belongs to Ocean's Church. This church or, or this neighborhood is going to go to Ocean's Church. So many of these people are going to get saved. This neighborhood's going to have Bible studies and prayer meetings, and we're going to revive this neighborhood. And sure enough, right, Tino? All of a sudden, Mikey starts coming to church. All of a sudden, Dan Steph moving into the neighborhood. All of a sudden, I got go couple after couple after couple that started coming to our church. Just so cool. Coincidence? Nah. We dug. We started digging. I just feel like this this morning. How many would you say, I want to start digging. I'm going to start praying for oceans. I'm going to start praying for my neighborhood. I'm going to start praying in my small groups. I'm going to get my babies and my wife, whoever it is. I want to get on the bed. We're going to start praying. We're to call on God at night. God, before we go to sleep, I pray for my little girls. I always tell men this. Probably the most important thing, men, you can give your kids is not money. It's not cars. It's not stuff. The greatest thing you can give your kids is a godly example. Show them what it looks like to pray. Moms are good at this. Men usually aren't. Can I challenge the men of our church? How many want to be praying men? Like Abraham. Look, look, look. You're going to mess. You're not going to mess with my family on my watch. As long as I'm alive, these wells are going to flow. As long as I'm alive, these wells aren't going to get muddy. We're not drinking contaminated water. We're not putting dead things into God's wells. We're going to live with some pure water in Orange County. If you believe it, give them a hand clap and a shout. Bank, you come up here. I'm almost finished. True revival is when the wells get dug. It's like Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. That they literally dynamite out of a prison because they know how to pray and they know how to worship. I'm telling you, wherever there's dynamic prayer, there is a heart that wants to worship. Psalms 40 says that God pulls me out of the miry clay and he sets my feet upon a rock. He says, he put a new song in my mouth. You know why I sing? I don't have a good voice. I have a really ridiculously good God. And when you discover how good he is, you start singing. I'm in church and I'm singing. We're in church and we're singing. Why are you singing? Because God is so good. I'm not even a singer. I don't even like raising my hands. 
Why you raise your hands, weirdo? I'm raising my hands not because I'm spiritual. I'm raising my hands because Abraham laid his hands on Isaac and he blessed him. And Isaac laid his hands on Israel and he blessed him. And Israel laid his hands on all 12 of his sons and he blessed him. The Bible says hands have the power to bless. So when I'm in church and God puts a new song in my mouth, I start lifting my hands and I say, God, I bless you. You're worthy of my highest regard. Worthy of highest praise. Voice isn't good, but you're awesome, Lord. Stand your feet. I feel his presence here. I'm telling you that some of you today are going to discover that there's power in digging a well of prayer. I'm challenging everyone here today to spend time every day, every morning, read your Bible five, ten minutes at least, and then have a conversation with God. And before you go to bed at night, get your babies, maybe it's in the morning first thing or at night, whenever's good for you, and say, we're going to be a family that prays together. And after you pray for your family, I'm, I'm challenging you to start praying for some of your coworkers. Encourage some of your staff. Say, hey, you don't have to do this by, by legally. You don't have to do this. But if you want to pray with me, I'm going to start praying for our company. I'm going to start praying that our profits go up. But not only that, but God would make us more profitable. That God would start putting value in our souls. God will wake us up spiritually. I'm telling you that muddy water is not going to be the normal here. No more deserts here in Orange County. We believe that there's going to be a downpour of his flow. We believe in a day that today when the river flows, can I just tell you one of the symptoms of when God starts flowing? Your convictions list gets bigger and your compromising list gets smaller. Some of you today, can I ask, when was the last time God's added a conviction to your life? I'll be honest, man. God convicts me all the time. And what I love about God is he's quick to forgive when I screw up. People aren't sometimes, but God is quick to forgive. You're here today. Paul altered Asia, shook the Jews, riled the Romans, taught the teachers, pitied the prison jailers. Him and Silas dynamited prisons with prayer and worship. Paul was unashamed of the powers of the world to come. And he, he outstayed the devil, outsuffered, outlived, and outprayed everybody in his day. And I believe we're going to be a church that redigs wells. We have to be committed to actually going, God, I'm not too important. I'm not too busy to pray. Can I challenge you, church? Listen to me. Tuesdays and Thursdays, as long as I'm pastoring this thing, we're going to have our doors open. And from 10 to 11.30, we're going to cry out to God. And I'm telling you, the, the days will come that we'll probably have prayer going around the clock. My dream is to have rooms in our buildings that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, people are knocking on the doors of heaven. It's going to happen. But we're going to start with two dynamic prayer times a week from 10 to 11.30 on Tuesdays and on Thursdays. You show me a church that prays, I'll show you a flow of His presence. I'll show you signs and wonders and miracles that break out on Sundays. Why? Because we're praying church. Some of you sense God today. I'll tell you why. It's because we prayed this week. We have pastors that pray. We have staff that pray. We have kids workers that pray. Some of you are like, man, I don't know why I'm getting touched. I know why you're getting touched. We prayed for you. God, let it be hard for people in Orange County to go to hell. You said hell? Yeah. The Bible, I love this. The Bible says that he called the wells the same name that Abraham called it. I'm so tired of being politically correct. So tired of living in a generation that wants to rename everything. How about we call it what it is? Heaven's heaven, hell's hell. 
We call it light, light, darkness, darkness. My friend Alex Seeley, she said this way, you can call that piano a guitar. I can, I can tell everybody in the room, call that piano a guitar. It's a musical instrument. And just because you call it a guitar does not make it the truth. Here's the problem with this generation. We want to rename everything. But here's the reality that you can only name things if you made that thing. The only person that has a center of the market on truth is the one that created that thing to begin with. And the guy that invented the piano, he called it a piano. Yeah. I like the 75% hand clap. I'm going to kick some cows up in here. We're not a church. We're going to call the whales by the same name that Abraham called them. Hell's real. Hell isn't for bad people. Hell is for people that reject Jesus. That's what it's for. And by the way, hell was not built for humans. It was built for fallen angels. It was built for the devil. God doesn't send anybody to hell. He honors people's wishes to, to, dis to disacknowledge him. One scholar said, if you read the story of Abraham and, and uh, the, the, the poor man, and one was in heaven, the poor man was in, in heaven, and it says that, that uh, Lazarus was, was in heaven and Abraham, uh, in Abraham's bosom, and the rich man was in Hades. And what we know here is he hell is an extension of where your selfish desires do not want God anymore. Think about this. He asked, he asked Abraham, would you please send Lazarus over here with a little bit of water so I can get refreshed? How about ask him for a pass out of that place? Here's the sin of hell is that you still in, the, in heaven. Hell is an extension of people that don't want God forever. It's an extension of what you don't have in this life. People say, Mark, I want to go to heaven, but I want to live like hell now. Why would you want heaven if you don't want Jesus now? Why would you want heaven if you don't love God in this life? If you don't love God now, you're not going to love him for eternity. So let's open up our hearts today. Can I get an amen? Getting quiet up in the Presbyterian. It's all right, though. I'm going to preach anyway. I'm telling you, we're going to be a church that digs a well again. Can I get a good amen? If you're here today and you say, Mark, would you pray personally? with my crew, and even with my, with my uh, community, with, with uh, really the crowd, that I would begin to pray for the crowd. Prayer walk my neighborhood. Pray in my small group. Get involved with the community. Start praying with my babies. Start holding hands with my wife. Start calling down God's presence, His blessing, and His flow in my marriage once again. Where are the praying people at? Where are the people that still believe that God hears? Ian Bound says that where I fell to pray, coincidence ceased to exist. We're going to be a church that sees God move because we pray. Pray is not talking a reluctant God into something he doesn't want to do. Prayer is asking God to do something he already wants to do. It's just asking him to do it faster and do it more powerfully. Lord, we love you. We pray because we don't bring problems to people with less power than us. We always pray because we bring things to people that have more authority than we do. God, when I pray, I stop gossiping about people and I start praying for them or you will, you'll either pray and stop gossiping or you'll gossip and not pray. You can't do both. God, we're going to be a praying church. We're going to be a church that digs wells. Put our hands on our hearts today. I don't know why I just feel strong today. Some of you have some mud in your well. I think if we're being honest, we all have some mud in our well. Can we give the Holy Spirit permission today to wash our wells? You want God to wash out your heart today. Can we just put your hand on your heart all over, the, all over today? God, I give you permission now. 
would you remove any mud, any poison, any of the dead things? God, if I put dead things into my well, I've been watching dead shows, I've been listening to dead music, God, I've been doing dead things, I've been hanging out with dead environments, I've been hanging out with dead people, I've been letting dark, toxic things corrode my soul. Lord, today I pray in Jesus' name that you would revive us according to your word. I ask you in the, whole, in the name of Jesus Christ that the Holy Spirit would begin to wash every mind, begin to wash every heart, and begin to purify every well. I prophesy that Ocean's Church is going to be a church that the well and the river flows. It's, we're going to be a praying church. We're going to pray for nations. We're going to pray for neighborhoods. God, we're going to pray for businesses. We're going to pray for businessmen and women. God, we're going to lift up school teachers. We're going to invade government. God, I think it's going to be a church that raises up kings and queens and that we're going to see revival in our land once again. God, you're not done with California. We're not quitting on California. You're not quitting on California. We're going to begin to redig the wells of revival. God, the wells of Azusa Street, the wells of, of, of the Jesus People Movement, the wells of Calvary Chapel, the wells of the Vineyard. God, would you reinvigorate the wells of Orange County? Jesus' name. Come on, would you sing to him one time? Would you let him light you on fire once again?
I pray for someone in here that has laryngitis. Maybe you're watching online today. I believe God is healing someone right now in their throat. There's even someone here today that has some sort of issue with the veins in your eyes. God is healing you right now. There's someone last service that had a ringing in their left ear, and there's someone in this service that has a ringing in their right ear. And I believe even right now, Spirit of God, would you heal a ringing and a popping in a right ear in Jesus' name? There's someone that you had tubes in your ears, and somehow the tubes damaged something. It broke prematurely, part broke off, or something, something went wrong in your ears. And I even believe right now the Holy Spirit is like opening up. I, I just declare open in Jesus' name. Every passageway that was blocked or scar tissue was damaged. I pray in Jesus Christ's name, ears would open. I pray right now even for the lady that has some sort of cataract issue, like a very severe cataract. It's some sort of even like, uh, like, like, fo like a foggy, like a mist in your eyes. I pray in Jesus' name. Close your eyes right now. I pray whether you're in the room or you're online. I pray that, God, you would heal pupils. I pray you would heal retinas. I pray that even now, God, you'd restore vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pray right now for someone that has a very severe uh, rash. It's on your body. It's on your chest. It's on your back. It's on your rib cage. I pray in Jesus' name that you would heal rashes. I pray if it's an allergic rash or it's like some sort of hereditary or some sort of rash that you've had your whole life. It comes and it goes. I pray that today you would heal even lifelong conditions. Anybody believe that he still heals? Yeah. I dare you to lift your faith a little bit. I dare you to say, God, if you're here, do it. God, if you want to heal, I'm available. If you need a physical healing in your body, I want you to lift your hands right now. Yeah. Someone even right now, you have some sort of like issue with your skull. The front of your skull has some sort of problem with it. There's like a fracture or some sort of damage in your skull. And I believe in the front, it's right by your hairline in the front of your head. God is going to, he's going to complete and heal your skull today. Never prayed that before. I just see it. What are you, are you a psychic? No, I'm not a psychic. Bible says my sheep know my voice. God will speak to me with words, ideas. He'll speak to me with pictures. Sometimes I just say, I see the parts of the body or I feel the pain. There's someone that you have a pain in the back of your head, like right in the back of your, uh, kind of right here, the crown of your head. Some sort of pain in your head. And God right now is going to heal it. Someone has some sort of like, it's on your left armpit, like right in the back here. It's some sort of strained mus mus muscle. It's a strained muscle. And uh, there's even like it, the same person as a strained muscle, there's some sort of growth. It's like some sort of weird growth, and it's really sensitive. It's like a mole or a, uh, it's like a, uh, like a cyst or something. God's going to heal. I dare you to lift your, lift your faith. I dare you to believe that God, what he did on the streets of Jerusalem, he can do in the streets of Orange County. I dare you to believe in a God that still does the miraculous. You show me a church that has faith, I'll show you a church that has miracles. If you need a healing in your body, I dare you to lift your hands all over today. Physical healing, maybe you have a broken heart today. Maybe you were hurt in church, broken faith, God's going to restore. If you need a touch from heaven, I want you to lift your hands. You want to get some mud out of your well, lift your hands. I pray right now, anyone that needs healing, the waters are stirring. Come on, Orange County. The waters are stirring. Come on, Orange County. The waters are stirring, Orange County. I pray a flow, Holy Spirit, a flow of healing to rush into every hand that's raised. Someone's hands next to you, guys with guys, girls with girls, throw a hand on their shoulder right now. Come on, we're family here. We pray for people. We're going to call it what the Bible calls it. We're going to lay hands on the sick. We're going to lay hands on those that need a miracle, and we're going to see them recover in Jesus' name. 
I'm not embarrassed of the Holy Spirit. I'm not embarrassed by the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to call it what it is, the flow of the Spirit of God. Hands all right now all over the room. Come on, pray with me, Ocean's Church. Say it like this. Say, in Jesus' name. We don't beg. Come on, say, we don't beg. We believe that we lay hands and people recover. I pray sight to return, ears to be open, rashes leave, diseases die, autoimmune be healed. Touch of heaven. Touch of heaven. Holy Spirit, fill every mind, fill every heart. Add decades. I feel this. Add decades to lives. Doctor gave you a two or three year window to live. I pray you'd add decades. If you can extend Hezekiah's life, you can extend Susie's life. You can extend Suzette's life. Yeah, you can extend Paul's life. Sai's life. I pray today in Jesus' name, you would heal. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's here. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. Eyes closed, heads bowed. He's here. If you know that your well has got mud in it, there is dirt between you and God. Today's the day you say, God, clean out my well. Remove what's separating me from your flow. Doubt fills most wells until we believe. If you're here today and you say, Mark, I want to believe in Jesus. I want to believe that God is God and he wants to come into my life. If you would pray for me today, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in your seats. I'm not even going to have you come forward. I'm going to have you raise your hands. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I'm going to encourage you to get baptized today if you want to get baptized. Or you can join our growth tracks this week. We'll find a church. We'll give you a Bible. But all I'm going to ask you to do is pray this prayer with your hands up today. If you want to give your life back to Jesus or for the first time you want to dig a well, say, God, if you're God, I want to live with you. I want to live for you. And I want the well of your presence to flow in my life. If that's you, Jesus, if that's you, Holy Spirit, fill me today. Revive me today. If you want to get right with God, right here, right now, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands all over the room today, all over the tents today. If you're online, you can write heart, H-E-A-R-T. If you're in the room, raise your hand on the count of three. One, I pray you give them courage to respond now. Two, don't wait for anybody else to raise their hands. This is your moment. Right now, three, I'm getting right with God. Right here, right now. Right here, right now. Right here, right now. Don't wait for anybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raise real high, real high. Real high, I see four, come on, five. Real high, real high, six. Yeah, real high, real high, seven. Real high, anybody else? Keep it up for me, real high, real high. I see seven hands, eight hands. Awesome, okay, put your hands down. Nine hands, thank you. Pray this prayer, Ocean's Church. You're online right now, just write heart, H-E-A-R-T. Bible says relationship with God starts by believing in your heart that he's real and inviting with your mouth. So let's pray this as we close. Say, Jesus, say it like you mean it. Jesus, I invite you today to be the God of my life. Would you forgive me? Would you lead me? Guide me? Remove the mud. Give me clean water starting today. Holy Spirit, fill me up. Guide me from this day forward. Jesus, be the leader of my life. In your awesome name I pray. If you haven't been baptized, I encourage you to do that today. Come on, say amen. Give God a hand clap. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.